0: Korea presents a fascinating chapter in the history of Christianity. For instance, the first continuous Christian community in the peninsula was founded by Koreans themselves without any missionaries coming into the country. In their new book, A History of Korean Christianity, Dr. Kirsten Kim and Dr. Sebastian Kim provide the first English language study that covers the history of Christianity, including Catholicism. Korea presents a fascinating chapter in the history of Christianity. For instance, the first continuous Christian community in the peninsula was founded by Koreans themselves without any missionaries coming into the country. In their new book, A History of Korean Christianity, Dr. Kirsten Kim and Dr. Sebastian Kim provide the first English language study that covers the history of Christianity including Catholicism, Protestantism, and Orthodoxy from its beginnings in the peninsula to the present day. This thoroughly researched work skillfully weaves together such subjects as church-state relations, spirituality, and the global impact of Korean Christianity, into a narrative that is easy for someone unfamiliar with the subject to follow, but deep enough that experts in the field will gain much from a careful reading. I hope you'll enjoy the interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to New Books in Christian Studies. I'm Dr. Franklin Roush of Lander University, the host of the channel. Today we'll be talking to Dr. Kirsten Kim and Dr. Sebastian Kim about their new book, A History of Christianity, which was published by Cambridge University Press. Uh, Kirsten and Sebastian, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, hi.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well, I wonder if you could uh, begin the interview by just telling us a little bit about yourselves.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, well, I'm Kirsten, and I was born in the UK. Um, I graduated in maths actually from the University of Bristol, um, and um, then got more interested in in church and mission work, and ended up um, going to study in. Um, theology, uh, intercultural studies and so on at a place called All Nations Christian College which is where I met Sebastian.
2: Well, I'm Sebastian. Um, I was born in Korea, South Korea and I did my electronic engineering in my first degree and then I was involved in mission ministry and then I went to All Nations Christian College where I met Kirsten and after this study there, we got married and uh, we went to Korea, um, did uh, some ministries and I did my Master of Divinity at Presbyterian College and Theological Seminary in Seoul and uh, I was, got ordained and then we both went to Fuller Theological Seminary uh, where Kirsten did the, the, her MA and I did my uh, MTH. After that, we went to India at uh, Union Biblical Seminary in Pune for four and a half years. We were sent by the Christian Church in uh, South Korea and we were there as a visiting lecturer and uh, we really enjoyed teaching there and interacting with the Indian colleagues there. And after that, we uh, went to, we came to the UK uh, to do further study. Uh, Kirsten did her PhD at Birmingham University and I did my PhD at Cambridge University. And after that, uh, we both worked in various capacities in various institutions and in the UK. And then I joined York St. John University about 10 years ago uh, to hold the Um, Chair in Theology and Public Life. Um, So I've been here since then.
1: And then I was uh, teaching in the Selly Colleges in Birmingham, um, but eventually I um, became Professor at a neighbouring institution, Leeds Trinity University, where I'm Professor of Theology and World Christianity. Um, So that's where we are now. We live in York.
0: (laughs) Wow, so you've had a really... um, Sorry, I had a little feedback there. Uh, y'all have an amazing uh, kind of background for studying this.
1: Yeah, well, it gave us a view of the world. We've written about world Christianity in general, um, but, um, and after, but both our PhDs were on Indian topics, in fact. Um, oh. but, and then we, we started to work uh, at a later stage on, on, on Korean topics, uh, partly because people were always asking us about, <laughs> about Korea. Um, and uh, we started to do research on Korea as well. Um, yeah.
0: And is that how you came to write this
1: book? Uh, well, yes. I, th- I think because we, I mean, we were writing papers on on Korea, um, and but um, there wasn't. A, well, we couldn't find uh, recent histories of, of Korean Christianity, um, and uh, the um, and when it, when we looked at the older ones, they t- they were either about Protestantism or about Catholicism, Um, or they were sometimes only about one denomination, (laughs) Um, and we were having real difficulty putting it all together. And we noticed when we were examining PhD students, for for instance, that each PhD student felt the need to give a a potted history of Korean Christianity before they, at the beginning of their um, dissertation, but um, uh, often it was very partial. uh, It seemed so. We thought there really was a need for for a decent um, one volume history, and um, and that's when when we approached Cambridge University Press about it.
0: Right, and yeah, and that's one thing I really appreciate about this: was that by you understand Christianity rather
1: broadly. Indeed. (laughs) Um, Yes, we tried to um, include uh, uh, Protestantism and Catholicism, which are often, you know. If you talk about one you don't talk about the other and um they it seems as though they don't have anything to do with each other if you um, uh, and um and then um we also uh, included orthodox and then all sorts of more recent varieties uh, of western uh christian of western style christianity um and uh, pentecostalism um and so on yes um, as broad as we could um and we also then tried to think about the church not only as an institution, um, but also as a movement, as different forms of spirituality. Um, and we noticed in Korea that sometimes there's quite a difference between um, the uh, the way men practice their faith and the way women practice their faith, so we tried to integrate those dimensions as well.
2: Yes, when you look at the history of Korean Christianity, um, is often as Kirsten mentioned is the either uh, Catholics uh, writes about catholic history or protestant writes about protestant history as if that's the uh, only uh, christian history um so we thought of uh, try to uh, integrate these two because we believe that, that there are lots of interactions uh, between these two and also, in addition to that, there are various different denominations. So, that's our emphasis that we would like to see Christianity as a, a kind of a same story with a different emphasis.
0: Right, and that really came through very powerfully in your book. And that's one thing I, I really um, enjoyed about that. was I thought, I, I mean, it was very difficult to do that because you're the first ones really doing it. And you did it very well. And I also like that you also talked about. Non Christian religions in Korea and how we need to understand them to understand Korean Christianity.
1: Yeah, um, well, yes, because we were conscious that Koreans, we, we were trying to look at the Christian story also from, from the Korean point of view. Um, there's a lot of material, especially in English. The material tends to be predominantly about the, the Western missionaries who, who went to Korea, worked in Korea. Um, but we consciously wanted to write. About the reception in Korea um, and by Koreans of of Christianity, Um, and of course they were doing so through the lens of the traditions and the faith that they um, had grown up with and already already had. Um, So um, we were conscious that um, that had also impacted uh, the kind of Christianity that emerged. And in in calling the book uh, a history of Korean Christianity, we were indicating that Christianity is, uh, uh, to a large extent, indigenized in, in Korea. Um, but some some people seem to have uh, come at it with more of a, a Confucian perspective. Others have come at it with more of an uh, experience of popular um, Korean traditional religion and shamanistic elements and so on. So you find uh, a mix of spiritualities um, within Christianity that um, and beliefs within Christianity that, re- that reflect the different religious um, backgrounds of Korea.
2: And also, is like any other religious traditions, Christianity were interacting with society and politics and economics. So that's quite interesting and important to understand how the Christianity has been shaped by the politics and the uh, situations uh, besides the religious matters. Um, in, particularly in Korea, uh, religious traditions, uh, often associate with the state and, uh, existing government. For example, you have Korea dynasty, which is very close to the uh, Buddhism. And then the Li dynasty is also very close to the Confucian traditions. And then, uh, the first republic of Korea, were very close to the uh, Christianity, so you have a quite close interaction with the states and politics with the Christianity and the other religions.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and so Christianity is being shaped by these different traditions, but also you have an argument in this first chapter that Christianity is also important for understanding recent Korean history.
1: Mm, yes, yes. Um, you were going to talk about that, I think.
2: Yes, I think the, um, it is important to understand the uh, history through the, um, because, because Christianity has shaped a, a great deal in the modernization and also socio-political movements. Um, in, in Catholicism, when the intellectuals studied Catholicism, they studied Catholicism, not necessarily initially, uh, as a religious tradition, but as part of the Western learning and new ideas, so that was how uh, they saw the uh, Catholic Catholicism offer to the Korean context. And again, Protestant, when they initially made uh, Protestant uh, Protestantism and introduced into Korea, they saw that as a part of modernizing force and the for the modernization of uh, Korea. So they embraced the Christianity as part of their kind of broader agenda for nation building and also later on part of independent movement. So uh, in order to understand uh, Korean history, we have to understand the history of Christianity and what's happening in the Christian churches. And, of course, in you know, order to understand uh, Christian Church, we need to understand Korean history. Yeah. Mm.
1: And so in the end, we, we structured the book around um, important dates in, in Korean history, not ecclesial dates. Well, anyway, the, the dates that are important for the churches differ according to which church you're talking about. But in the end, we have a, a, a political um, a his, a historical structure for the, for the book. And and in terms of our ways of explaining the the attraction of of Korea, uh, of Christianity in Korea, um, we've given at least if not more attention to the socio-political than the religious cultural. Mm-hmm. In the end, yeah.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent. So you had mentioned. Um, I think S- Sebastian had talked about what when- how Christianity is first coming into Korea and that's what you kind of talk about in chapter two where you're talking about how Catholic Christianity, the first kind of Christianity to really get into Korea and, and have a staying power. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could tell us what's kind of special about how that came in.
1: Mm. Well, within the um, Catholic church, Kore- um, Korean Christianity um, claims a unique status um, in that um the, the origins of the church um, are recognized as a, as a lay community. Um, normally the, the, the um, centenaries of, of a Catholic church in any particular country are um, when the hierarchy was established or when the first bishop arrived. But in the Korean case, uh, uh, the history goes 50 years further back um, to uh, the, um, the lay community that was formed after one of the uh, Korean scholars uh, went to Beijing and took baptism, uh, from, um, Jesuit priests there, um, in China, um, came back and, uh, and baptized his fellows and established this, this lay community. Um, and that, that has huge ramifications actually for, for, um, Catholic ecclesiology or theology of the, of the Catholic Church, um, uh, globally, um, which, uh, um, Korean theologians would like, um, to be better known, I think.
2: And also in addition to that, I think there was a, some uh, demonstration of Korean enthusiasm for the, this new religion and new learning uh, because the, it, is, it was the Koreans who went to Beijing, mm-hmm. wanted to learn about Catholicism and got baptized and came back to Korea and they themselves actually established a, a community and the evangelism and so on and so forth. So that's quite interesting to see, the Korean initiative and their enthusiasm. And I think that that's also passed on to the Protestants as well.
1: Mm, yes. <laughs> um, and perhaps that's always, or almost always true in any situation where Christianity is, um, it, it becomes established. But very often we don't actually have the documentation to prove it. In the Korean case, of course, this is very well documented, which makes it interesting.
0: So what was it about Christianity that these um, early Christians were interested in? What what made them go out and bring it to themselves? Uh, Yes, I think there are various reasons for that.
2: I mean, initially it was uh, intellectual movement. It was the kind of accepted by the more intellectuals or the kind of upper caste uh, of the a group of people in Korea, so they actually formed a group of the scholars to study this what called Western learning. So it's not only just a, a religious literature, but also including the Western philosophy, science, technology, and so on and so forth. So in that process, they learned that there are some integral kind of nature of uh, Catholic teaching and Western learning, so they were got interested in the Catholicism. Um, So that's partly is they're interested in Western learning and also partly because of their reaction to the Confucianism or Neo-Confucianism, that they saw that there was a certain limit of applying the Neo-Confucian ideas into the uh, Korean context to meet the challenge of the modernity. Um, so they saw that uh, Catholicism may offer certain alternative to that. So they were quite uh, uh, in, interested in that. So it's partly because of their interest in the Western learning and partly because of this the kind of religious elements that uh, offer to the uh, uh, religious context of Korea.
0: And did it just stay among scholars?
2: Uh, Well, I think it soon can be spread to the uh, more merchant class or middle class, and then later on also working class and the lower uh, class. So it was initiated by the uh, upper class, but soon became uh, mostly uh, available to be widespread among the the various different uh, parts of the section.
1: Mm, which was then quite a, posed quite a challenge to Confucian society, which was or, um, organized on a very hierarchical um, um, and um, class um, basis. Mm-hmm.
0: So since you had this kind of challenge to this uh, Confucian class-based society, what's going to happen to these Catholics? Um, I think they, they, they soon face the persecution
2: um, it's kind of uh, uh, kind of few years after their initial introdu- introduction of Catholicism, they faced persecution uh, by the government. Uh, there was very severe persecutions and a serious of persecutions. Um, so that's the really uh, 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 damaged the growth of the Catholic churches in in Korea in the kind of initial stage. Um, partly because of their attitude toward the ancestor veneration because the Korean society was very highly structured and very much influenced by the Confucian uh, social structure. And uh, for Confucianism, the, uh, the 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 uh, authority and uh, Confucian social stability is very important. Uh, together with the Confucian, uh, uh the literature. Um, so the, com- the ancestor veneration is very important, uh, to maintain the stability and uh, also security of the society. So when Catholics refused to, uh, observe the ancestor veneration, they saw that's the challenge of authority. So they persecuted. But later on, again, uh, Catholics were regarded as working with imperial power. That's very much uh, obvious in the latter part of the persecutions, that they actually collaborated with the, let's say, uh, French troops when they entered Korea. they helped French troops to enter Kore- uh, Korea and uh, supported. So later on they discovered that. Um, so the government saw that uh, Catholics were uh, anti-nation and uh, against national interest. so they were persecuted.
1: Mm. Yeah. So that. Well, but the um, yeah. So the the initial persecution um, because of uh, the, the refusal to follow the Confucian. Um, Ancestor veneration. They they argued that they were nevertheless venerating their parents, but in a different way. But were required by the church to do it in a different way. That then, um, because they were then a persecuted minority, they then appealed for for foreign help, and then that made the persecution and the situation of the Catholics worse. Until we get to 1866, um, uh, and, uh, and and the years following that, when when possibly half of the Catholic population was, um, was either um, uh, formally um, executed or informally um, put to death or um, lost their lives because of the attitude of the society around. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so for Catholics were a great dilemma because in order to keep their faith uh, they wanted to have a support from the uh, outside particularly uh, bishops in China and uh, also some of the uh, uh, French imperial powers uh, but at the same time, they want to show their, their allegiance to Korea. So that was a great dilemma for uh, Catholics in the time of the persecution.
0: Well, excellent, excellent. So that yeah, it kind of leaves on a... Chapter 2 kind of ends on a very sad note in that yes. sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. these, these poor Catholics. Um, but then, so Koreans in the third chapter, those Koreans decide to bring in another kind of Christianity, uh, Protestant Christianity.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Again, um, there, well, there's, there's more than one way in which um, it enters, but um, but uh, there are elites who are who are looking for um, alternatives to um, Confucian society is becoming more and more um, unstable. Lots of social problems. There's the pressing um, of uh, uh, the pressure of um, of Japan as well as um, other Western powers on Korea to open up and to, to, to modernize, um, and, um, and the elites begin to see um, modernity um, uh, after the model of the, of the United States particularly, um, and uh, as founded on Protestantism, and using a kind of Confucian logic, I guess, about the, the primacy of the, of the ideology or, or belief system. Um, in order to structure the society, they they um, look to um, adopting a, a, a Christ, um, Protestant Christianity as a way of refounding Korean society um, and modernising it um, and uh, dealing with um, some of the uh, very pressing practical issues um, also um, of, of of their time. Um, but you've also got Koreans um, who are exiled from from Korea, particularly a group um, or, or individuals in uh, Manchuria, who, who meet um, uh, Western missionaries in particular, Scottish um, missionary John Ross there, um, and uh, they seem to have um, heard of Christianity as a message of equality, dignity, salvation, answering some of their, um, their faith questions also. Um, and they get involved in um, translating the Bible and um, uh, and promoting it um, and smuggling um, gospels um, into into Korea and founding communities. So before any um, Western uh, missionaries were permitted to enter Korea, again you have lay communities of, of Protestants um, uh, already existing, and some of the first baptisms uh, are from those communities.
0: So why doesn't the um, government just start persecuting them? Mm.
1: <laughs> Good question. Um, so, um, because, well, the first missionaries who enter um, enter actually as, uh, as doctors um, and uh, educationalists um, uh, and not as um, not to promote faith. Um, but the power of the government also is being, um, I mean, the government is there are factions, um, some of which support China, some of which are uh, supporting uh, Russia, some are looking to the US, um, and some supporting Japan. Um, so if it, the power of the Korean government becomes more and more limited in, in this period. And eventually, even though it's not strictly legal, the missionaries start to um, uh, move away from the places that they've been allocated in the in the, in the cities and into the countryside. Um, and engage in spreading the um, the Christian message more more widely, mm-hmm. um, and always of course it 's the um, Korean um, Christians who have been doing that on the ground um, before the missionaries actually um, get there um, and they uh, so usually when the missionary arrives there 's already a group of interesting people mm-hmm. interested people
2: and the, also the political situation at the time is that uh uh, uh, after the period of a uh, closed uh, policy, the what called Holy Kingdom policy, uh, at that time the Korean governments were pressurized to open open up their uh, uh, policy to to make a treaty with the various different uh, Western nations, mm-hmm. and also the Koreans themselves also have a great desire to interact with. Uh, uh, wider world, so there was uh, some uh, movement within the Korea. So uh, I guess Protestant Christianity came into the, uh, in the right moment.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah. They're always tell the students that usually Protestants have a better sense of timing. <laughs> 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 <It's>
1: yeah, <laughs> but again, I mean, they they only, they only came because um, initially they could only survive there because they were invited by by Koreans, of course. Um, because Korea was never um, actually colonized by, by the West. Um, uh, so the, the situation of the missionaries was perhaps more precarious than in than many other situations. Um, but it depended which foreign power um, was in the ascendant, um, which missionaries were, were supported, um, or, um, and the extent to which missionaries could be active. So at one time there was an active Orthodox mission, From Russia um, to to Korea, but um, but once the Russians were defeated um, by Japan, that in um, 1905, um, that had to end.
0: And does that have any role? I mean, the time that Protestantism was now eclipsing Catholicism. Yes.
1: Yes.
2: Well, I think the um, yes, that's quite uh, at that time it was quite uh, obvious because. Um, it's partly because of the international politics, um, because the in in East Asia, the power from the Europe is a bit fading away, and then American power was rising. So uh, many of the Koreans saw that there is a, a power shift. Um, but also, uh, as Kirsten mentioned, that the more kind of conscious elite Korean elite, so the um, kind of uh, uh, accepting Protestant ethics and Protestant uh, Christianity as part of their nation building and also partly because the Catholics were still under suspicion by the government and also by the general people uh, uh, the, the legacy of the persecution that uh, Catholics were still uh, working with the imperial powers so Protestants actually deliberately uh, move away from the Catholics. So they deliberately emphasize that they are different from Catholics. I think that's partly because of this division uh, we have That's a legacy of that, that period, initial period, Protestants emphasize that difference in order to introduce Protestantism in Korea. And partly also, the Catholics were a little bit anti-modern at the time, whereas Protestants were very much into the modernism and uh, introducing new ideas and so on. And then uh, Catholics tend to be uh, more priest-dominated, so you have a very hierarchical system, whereas Protestants introduced the lay movement and encouraging the co and translators, evangelists, to uh, build the churches and to do evangelism and so on. So there were lots of different approaches. And also partly, as Kirsten mentioned, that the the introduction of the Bible uh, that really helped people to read scripture for themselves and then they... Especially
1: as it was in the... um the vernacular, the Korean script, mm-hmm. um, which made it easy for um, people to read even if they hadn't had much formal education. Yeah. So Christianity, Protestantism could become a, a popular movement. The Catholics also had used um, Hangul, but um, not to the, to the same extent. It's ironic, really, that the, um, the Catholics had started as a lay movement, but once missionaries were an uh, able to come into Korea they tended to to dominate and whereas the protestant missionaries were very thin on the ground and um didn't have a lot of money um and adopted something called the mediatus method um which basically meant that the Koreans themselves would grow their own and um, support um uh, their own churches leaving the missionaries free to look after hospitals and schools and um institutions um, and so that meant the Protestantism was much more of a lay, um, led uh, movement. Mm.
2: If I just add a um, previous method is the um, introduced by the missionaries in uh, in in China, uh, American missionary in China. Um, the basically idea is the three self movement mm. is self-propagating, self-supporting, and self-governing, and which is very important. For the growth of the Korean churches in South Korea.
0: Excellent. Now, you had mentioned in chapter, or you'd mentioned there was competition among different countries for kind of influencing Korea. Mm-hmm. In 1910, Japan wins that competition and, and annexes Korea. Yeah. So, and you deal with that in chapter four, and you talk about how Protestant Christianity is kind of a threat to the Japanese colonial state. And I wonder if you could tell me why that is.
1: Yes, because um Protestantism had become linked with, with Korean nationalism um, uh for a number of, of different reasons. Um, the missionaries had um, encouraged Koreans to think of themselves um, like uh, as, as like Israel in the um, in the Old Testament, uh, a small country uh, sandwiched between empires um suffering. Uh, but nevertheless, chosen by god and the and the word they argued that the the word that they'd adopted um to to uh, to name God um the pure Korean word Hananim um, or Hannim actually meant meant one God and indicated that Koreans had had a an understanding of of monotheism even before um they'd heard about um about christianity um so that they developed this strong sense of korean identity um, and uh and this this uh encouraged uh koreans who wished to distance themselves from, from china um, and uh, in, initially um, but it also then later uh, had the same effect um, for koreans wanting to uh, stand up against japan and assert that um, korean ethnic um, and, uh, and, national, um, identity. Um, so, so this link with nationalism was clearly a worry, uh, for the Japanese and the, and the Korean, the Korean churches. They were always singing about, um, the kingdom of God, for example, and um, how, you know, earthly empires were going to pass away and, you know, this kind of thing, uh, was a bit worrying, um, for the, for the new imperial power. Um, and the, um, the churches were, um, or, Christians, and to some extent the churches themselves, were bases of national resistance. And this came to light particularly in 1919 um, when there was an uprising against the Japanese, a widespread uprising, um, that was the result of uh, a, a movement that it, um, involved not only Christians but also Chandogyo, uh, uh, um, an a, a indigenous Korean movement and some uh, Buddhist leaders, but um, almost half of the, um, the signatories of the Declaration of Independence in 1919 uh, were Christian leaders and Christian pastors. Past- yes, Protestant ones. Sorry, um, and uh, and so this this made uh, very clear um, to to the Japanese that this was was a problem, um, and they took steps to address this. Um, but they also, one of the main functions that Protestants were able to play in that movement was that because they, unlike the Korean, um, indigenous Korean religion, um, because they had international contacts, they could also um, raise the profile of the injustices that were being committed in, in Korea um, and, uh, and cause a fuss in America and Europe and so on about the Japanese treatment of, of Koreans um, um, uh, and uh, gain international support. Um, so it was difficult for the Japanese to move against Christianity to the extent that they were able to move against Chondokyo, um and other forms of Korean
2: religion. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, uh, Protestant Christianity or Protestant church leaders established schools mm-hmm. and the colleges and educational institutions. And I think that's a very powerful tool mm-hmm for them to introduce the ideas and also independent mind to the young people. And the movement like the YMCA, YWCA also were established by the uh, Protestant uh, Christian leaders. So there was the kind of combination of all these were quite a threat to the Japanese authority.
0: So what's happened to the Catholics during this time? Why aren't they proactive? Um well, I think the Catholics were also
1: uh,
2: there were some activities i mean for example let's say Anjungun, who is the uh, uh one of the key persons in in this um who actually assassinated ito Hirobumi, who was the resident general of korea uh he was visiting harbin uh in, in Manchuria, and, um, and in 1909 uh, he assassinated. Uh, he was a Catholic, also he was a promoter of establishing Catholic university and so on and so forth, and he was a reformer, uh, but he was very much uh, suppressed by the Catholic authority. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the Catholics were quite still hierarchical at the time, and uh, they were led by the foreign priests and bishops and, uh, for example, Bishop Mutter was uh, very much against the, any independent movement or any uh, political involvement of the Catholics. Um, so th- that's partly because of that uh, the Catholics were inactive, less active during this time.
1: Mm, and. It- and there's also um, the global situation of the of the Catholic Church um, during this this period as well. Um, um, the Catholics had a recent well a relatively recent memory of very severe persecution in France and in the heartlands in, in mm-hmm. Europe. Um, and uh, and during the, the period that we're talking about from nineteen ten to nineteen forty five, um the Catholic Church in um in uh Italy uh, and in Germany um, was, was under threat and made um, concordats with, with governments to secure um, the continuation of, of the church um, with, and its activities with the agreement that it wouldn't interfere in politics. And so they, they also made a similar agreement with Japan and the hierarchy obviously were tasked with making sure that um, the Korean uh, believers didn't um, overstep the mark. So it was quite hard for Catholics to um, be active, whereas Protestantism was less controlled. Um, and though, though Some some of the missionaries were uh, quite strong-minded, but <laughs> um, they were were um, uh, more easily um, able to um, be politically active.
0: Excellent. Now, one of the main strengths, I think, of your book is that it isn't just a political history. It's not just church-state relations. You, you talk about other things that are going on. Yeah.
1: Could you tell me what what else was going on
0: with Christianity during the colonial period?
1: Mm, Yes. Well, especially um, because um, the the, the pressure on the institutional churches um, meant that you know certain things couldn't happen publicly, um, and and what what could be said in church and so on was was constrained. So that encouraged the the lay movements. Um, and the, the house church movements and the m- movements in the mountains, the underground side of, of, um, of Protestant Christianity and also um, Catholic Christianity, though we found less um, information about that. Um, it also uh, led um, it, in, in, uh, the, the, the apparently hopeless political situation also encouraged millennialist movements. That we're looking for divine intervention to overthrow the Japanese Empire, um, as the result of um, uh, 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 and, and so um, encouraged um, prayer meetings of various sorts um, and um, a very um, um, uh, emotional um, kind of outpouring um, of of um, the concerns of, of of the Korean people. Um, so you also get some some rather strange sort of hybrid um, Christian uh, movements with a Christian um, influence um, at this time, um, and the, the Unification Church, which is, um, has become globally well known, has its origins uh, in movements in this in this period. Um, uh, but at the same time, that, that 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 is an indication that Korean Christianity was becoming more and more. Korean, and especially as missionaries were under pressure and were eventually forced to withdraw, Koreans were making uh, Christianity their own um, and organizing themselves to a much greater extent. Um, the pressures of the Japanese Empire also led to um, divisions um, amongst Christians as to as to how to respond. So obviously not everybody was into the millennialism, for example. Um, communists um, uh, were... Um, and, and Christians um, were antagonistic towards each other um, in the 1920s, but some Christians uh, were very attracted to, to communism and its, its social um, teaching seemed to be very close to Christianity in many ways, and then Christians, so Christians were divided as to whether to work with communists or against them. And then later, um, when the Japanese insisted that uh, Koreans should, um, uh, Korean Christians should adopt um, Shinto shrine, uh, Shinto rituals of various sorts. Um, though again, the churches were divided as to, as to how to respond. Um, so you get, um, you, uh, you, in this period, the seeds of, um, post-liberation divisions in the church, divisions that, uh, formal structural divisions that took place in the 1950s are laid in, uh, during the, the colonial period. Um, the underground nature of the church also encouraged women's spirituality of various sorts, um, and so you get leading um, women healers and so on, for example, um, practicing during this time, um, as well as um, some uh, prominent um, male ones as well revivalists.
0: Uh, excellent. So of course, the colonial period has last forever. The is defeated in nineteen forty five. And then, unfortunately, Korea is almost immediately divided. Yes. And you pick up with that in Chapter 5. Mm. So I wonder if you could tell us what role did Christianity play in North Korea before the and what happened to it afterwards?
1: Yes, well, uh, this is um, uh, particularly interesting, because North Korea was, was the, um, the stronghold of, um, of Korean um, Christianity. Um, uh, certainly, there were more than, um, more than half of Protestants. Um, were um, in in the northern part of Korea and what became North Korea, and a third of Catholics also of, of the Catholic population were in that part of the country. Um, so um, and particularly the the northern city of of Pyongyang, which is now the capital of North Korea, uh, had very high um, uh, uh, relatively high um, Christian presence, and um, it was even. Uh, sometimes referred to as the Jerusalem of the East because of the, the number of um, uh, church establishments of various sorts, and um, the Christians of, of Pyongyang, both Protestant and, and Catholic, uh, tended to be more um, yes. modern, more entrepreneurial, uh, better educated um, than um, Christians in other parts of the country, or indeed many other other Koreans in in general. Um, so uh, they they were also quite um, uh, they were more, more well-to- do and more politically um, powerful um, but following the, di- the division of Korea um, some Christians chose to work with the communists and to join something called the, the Christian Federation um, but many Christians were among were belonged to the bourgeois um, society that the communists were against. Um, that they were allowed to, to flee south if they chose to do so. Um, so you get a large exodus of Christians, um, to, to the south. Um, and, um, uh, but for those Christians who remained, um, eventually we don't hear anything more about, the, after a few years, we don't hear anything more about the Christian Federation. Um, and, uh, the, once the Communist Party, the Communist Workers Party is in charge, um, various steps are taken to suppress Christianity, and um, people who are inclined to be religious end up in the lower tier um, of of North Korean society. Um, uh, And and it's not until the late 1970s that we again hear um, of of the presence of Christians in Korea, in North Korea.
0: And so um, so in the North, Christianity becomes weaker, but in the South it's going to become stronger. How does that happen? Uh, well, um, as Kershans mentions,
2: that uh, there are lots of uh, Christians actually uh, migrated to the South. And uh, according to statistics, uh, between 1945 to 1950, about 5 million people migrated to the South. And out of 2,000 churches established in the South, uh, nearly 90% of those churches were built by the um, refugees from North. So you can see the influence uh, of the North to the South. And then politically, uh, there were a um, number of political leaders were Christians. A key person was the Man Lee, who later became the uh, first president of the Republic of Korea, South Korea. He was a Methodist and strong Christian, and uh, he wanted to combine his politics with the Christianity, and so he wanted to uh, so-called make Korea a Christian nation, and uh, many of the Christian church uh, congregation and leaders were supported, these political leaders who are, who want to be established south. Uh, as 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 a Christian nation, so there was a great uh, movement uh, toward that, and partly also because of this migration from the north, uh, Korean churches in South Korea uh, were more conservative, and also they are more anti-communist, but also they are uh, pro-modernity and industrialization, and also democratization. And also many of them are pro-American. So that's a combination of all these ideologies and tendencies, uh, people will strongly get together and they want to build South Korea on the basis of Christian notions and Christian ethics and Christian foundation. So that makes uh, uh, um, the Christianity in South stronger.
0: And I noticed there's um, the dividing year between Chapter 5 and Chapter 6 is 1961. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tell me why did you choose that year? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, because um, this was the beginning of the um, uh, military back government, although um, General Park was, was elected, mm-hmm. um, there had been a, a military coup deposing um, previously uh the the uh, government of 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 Ri and also a uh, later um, uh, 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 the government of sing Ri had collapsed um and uh, Jiangnan was um was deposed by the military government Jiang men uh, was only in power for a short period of time, six months or so, but he was a he was a Catholic, so he'd had two christian leaders who tr- tried to govern in a um a, in a democratic uh manner. Um, but neither of which had succeeded and Sing Manui's government particularly had become very, um, very corrupt. Um, uh, but the, the, course with the proximity of North Korea and the threat, the, the antagonism between the two countries because they, after the Korean War there was no peace treaty and both governments were still claiming to, um, to have a right to the whole peninsula, both North and, um, the Northern and Southern governments. So uh, many people were worried that any instability in South Korea would be taken advantage of by by the North Um, and um, it seems most Koreans were prepared to to back the uh, the military rather than have the the instability of of weak governments and Christian leaders, um, uh, Protestant Christian leaders and uh, Catholic leaders also uh, were inclined to to agree. so 1961 was a, a, a transition in, um, in Korean society to the kind of um, mobilized, militarized um, uh, system, um, which, um, although it suppressed human um, human rights in terms of, um, of civil rights, um, and, and actually did quite a lot for people's social and economic rights in that the military were determined to build up a strong and powerful South Korea and so led the um, industrialization of Korea and um, uh, the the rapid rise of of Korea as a a global power um, uh, was was, uh, uh, to a large extent to do with that that leadership, um, even though of course there were many people who suffered in the process.
0: So how are Christians reacting to this dictatorship? Um, is the reaction from the
2: churches were sharply divided as politics. Um, the more conservative or evangelical sections of the church, which is in terms of numbers, they are majority. Uh, they are basically go along with the dictatorship and military d- government. And in return, they receive the support from the military-backed government for the, their religious matter. So it's kind of unspoken yeah, unspoken kind of agreement that religious leaders will stay in the religious matter and politicians will stay in the politics and they do not interfere with each other. Um, so in many ways uh, they concentrated on the church growth. And, uh, and the evangelism and, uh, some social cares and so on and so forth. Whereas the, in terms of numbers, some small sections in the Protestant church and then the Catholic church were very much against the military back government, uh, for their human rights abuse and also, uh, various different aggressive attitude toward the ordinary people. Um, so, uh, what we call the Minjung movement were established there. And Minjung movement was not the kind of Christian movement only, but uh, uh, Minjung theologians and the Catholic theologians and Catholic church leaders were very much heart of that movement. So they uh, 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 challenged the authority and encouraged the other Christians to join them. So they were very much polarized and uh, there were lots of tensions between them and, of course, lots of uh, human rights abuse by the nuclear death government. Mm.
1: So, the m- kind of majority of, of Christians were, were very involved in trying to Christianize South Korea. And once South Korea was established as a democratic nation, the numbers of Christians then becomes extremely um, important. Um, and so they, they had deliberate um, campaigns to uh, of, um, uh, to convert um, or to encourage people to convert um, and to become Christian. And these and the, and mass meetings, sometimes a million or more, gathered on the Oedo Plaza. And of course, these also sent a strong signal to North Korea, uh, which had its own mass uh, gatherings uh, on the uh, plazas in Pyongyang um that uh, that christianity was alive and well and um and, and, and opposing uh, system to 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 communism um but at the same time as christians some christians were celebrating in this way um uh the, the growth of the church other christians were um in jail um and being tortured for their resistance to the military government
0: so you have this this conflict among Christians, and you have this dictatorship.
1: Why is Christianity growing so rapidly? Well, partly because of that, the deliberate movement to to grow um, grow churches, um, but also because Christianity works closely with the development uh, plans um, and the and the ideals um, for the. Um, the growth of a, uh, of a, a strong and, um, uh, prosperous, um, nation. So Christians are, um, are working hard with the government to build up industry, um, education, um, hospitals, um, and, and, and so on. And they seem to be very active, uh, in social matters, um, and in lead, social leadership, um, and political leadership. Um, as well. Um, and so becoming a Christian then is also a, a, a way of being upwardly mobile, of improving yourself, um, uh, and, um, and gaining, um, and, and, the churches as communities, um, are empowering for people in this period.
2: And also, um, the, they were under constant, constant pressure or constant threat from the North Korea. Um, because people did experience the Korean War, and uh, there were occasional uh, conflicts between North and South, so mm-hmm. the Christians were very much uh, gathered together or drawn this idea of threat from north uh, actually helped them to gather together to pray for the security of the nation and unification of the nation, so when you see the uh, mass evangelical movements, they always have elements of kind of threat from North Korea and pray for North Korea and pray for the security of the nations. Mm. Uh, that was a very uh, driving force for the Christians to see the kind of uh, uh, urgent situation and also to engage in more uh, evangelism and, uh, and
0: uh, also salvation. And you, you ended this chapter in 1988, which when there's a collection election in Korea. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about how Christians play a role in bringing that about.
1: Mm. Um, so when we mentioned the, the, the Minjung activists um, that began with um, Labour um, movements, that increasingly were agitating for democracy in South Korea... Eventually, the excesses of the 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 military, the the cruelty of the the military government, and the excesses um, excessive force um, and suppression of the population um, become more and more marked. Uh, Especially in 1980, um, the uh, um, the uh, democratization movement in in Guangzhou was very um, uh, uh, very brutally um, put down by the person who shortly afterwards um, became. The second uh, military leader of, of, of South Korea, um, uh, President Chun Doo Hwan, and uh, and the, popular, the the spread of the movement for democratization then becomes much much wider. Um, and although most of the uh, traditional church leaders are still supporting the government um, at a grassroots level, there um, there are movements against against it. And then the Catholic uh, role becomes um, mm-hmm. particularly significant.
2: Yes, uh, particularly in this time, the 19, later 1970s and the 80s, Catholics played a very important role in the democratization, democratization of uh, South Korea. Um, the Cardinal Kim Su Hwan, who was the key person there, initially he was a little bit reluctant, but he fully engaged in the, the anti- uh, military-backed government. So the the Myeongdong Cathedral, which is the uh, key major cathedral in Seoul, was regarded as a sanctuary of democratization. Uh, so Catholics were very much involved in, and many of the young Catholic priests formed the group, and they are the ones who uh, encouraged people and challenged the uh, military-backed government and led demonstrations, so uh, they were very much, in, I mean, people were very much impressed uh, by the, their sacrifice and their active involvement.
0: Great, and so what happens with the Catholics? I mean, they're passive for much of our story, and all of a sudden they're active, and they're growing really rapidly. Mm,
1: yes, um, and, so, um, and they continue to grow. Uh, um and um uh, though, though protestant growth starts to falter in the um in the 1990s um catholic um growth is um is partly on the back of this key role that they that they had in um democratisation um it's also their um uh, uh, to do with their social capital um, in terms of uh, the um, social care that Catholics are increasingly offering, um, and um, uh, and a lot of government, a large proportion of government social care by the time we get into the 21st century, is being delivered by Catholic um, uh, bodies of various sorts. I think there's also when in the in the change from uh, military governments and. Pushes for industrialization and modernization to the kind of post uh, to, in, to into the democratic period where Koreans can enjoy the fruits of of um, their their labours more and uh, society becomes more more postmodern in many respects. Um, the attitudes of the youth are different um, because they they haven't experienced in the same way the privations of the Korean War and so on in this new kind of culture um, in South Korea as well, there's um, the, the Protestant churches, which were so successful um, during the, um, the military period, uh, begin to see, it seem un- uh, unattractive, um, old fashioned and also aggressive uh, in their evangelism and in their attitudes also to other religions. Um, and whereas Catholicism, which has been more open to the other faiths of Korea, um, and uh, and also um, seems to be more ethical um, in its approach, um, Catholicism becomes more more attractive, and it offers a link um, with with tradition and with European forms of Christianity um, that that Koreans begin to discover. So
0: I wonder, if kind of a final question about your book, could you tell us what kind of role are Christians playing globally now? Mm.
1: Uh, well, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think what we did, one of the things we tried to do throughout the book was to say, well, Korean Christianity isn't only in Korea. Um, and especially during the periods of instability um, during the 20th century, for various reasons, Koreans left Korea. The exiled community, the diaspora communities, um, were, were interlinked um, and continue to be interlinked with what what happens in in Korea, but at the same time they they play an important role in many um, parts of the world. Um, and so we uh, and, and then uh, post the um, liberalisation of the Korean economy um, as well, we get more and more Koreans uh, Protestants first, and now increasingly Catholics who are engaged in um, world mission of various sorts. Um, Koreans feeling that they um, had uh, received uh, so much and uh, were um, indebted um, and, and needing to repay the debt of the gospel and to share what they had um, had received and the gifts that they believed God had given them with, um, with the wider community, particularly in poorer parts of the world, the lots of Koreans involved in um, medical um, and other uh, other work in different parts of the world. As well as sharing the, the Christian message. Um, it's also, um, uh, in a way, wanting to celebrate uh, Korean success and export some of the successful uh, ways in which the church, that they thought that they understood that the church had grown in Korea. Um, and many Christians around the world have heard of Korean church growth in the spectacular numbers and the mega churches and so on. Um, so, um, Korean Christians have gained a lot of confidence to share their particular practices, um, their particular style of faith. Um, and other Christians also were looking to bring um, peace in the world um, and to address some of the issues that are still keeping their careers divided um, when it's, it's very difficult for the two careers to relate to each other directly. Uh, but by bringing wider peace, there's a possibility for reconciliation within the peninsula itself. So we get many, prominent, many Koreans prominent in Christian leadership, in, in theology, and so on, in, in many other parts of the world.
2: I think the Korean Christians have experienced uh, great suffering in the modern period when Christianity was introduced in Korea uh, in terms of secular history. Korea went through the uh, terrible time of turmoil and uh, they believe that uh, through the introduction of Christianity, both Catholics and Protestant Christianity, uh, they have received uh, lots of blessings and lots of insights uh, from uh, Christian faith. And so they would like to share with uh, uh, the, the other people in the other parts of the world so the although the growth of the Korean churches uh, may not be as spectacular as before, but the enthusiasm of Korean Christians were still remained. So they are very much enthusiastic to share their gospel and to go to the other parts of the world. So the mission kind of missionary activities were very much a part of the Korean Christianity.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, and um, thank you so much. We've taken a lot of your time, I'd like to take a little bit more just to ask you our traditional question. What are you working on now? Mm. Uh,
1: Well, we've um, recently received some funding from the Academy of Korean Studies, actually, to go in a bit more detail into the period 1945 to 48, the crucial period during which um, uh, North Korea and South Korea were set up as, as, as separate nations. And to examine in a bit more detail what exactly the, the role of Christians and global churches was um, in, in in that situation, because we think it, it it's quite significant. Mm. So that's one thing.
2: Mm. Um, uh, I'm also involved in this book project, um, the Christianity and Politics in Korea, because it's offshoot of the, our project History of Korean Christianity, because. Uh, there, there are lots of uh, interaction between Christianity and politics. It's fascinating to see the the various different ideas and uh, different uh, interactions. So I'm working on the book project on this particular topic.
1: Yeah, and I'm also interested to take the um, uh, ideas that are being developed in Korea, theological ideas being developed in Korea, in dialogue with the um, traditions and experience of uh, of Korea, and to look at how they um, challenge some of
0: the ways that we do theology in the West Well, well those sound like a really fascinating project, hopefully we can have you on again <laughs> <laughs> thank,
1: thank you, you.
0: <laughs> Well thank you again so much for being with us today and thank you for our listeners and please, uh, this interview was not enough to get all the richness out of this book so uh, please go out and, and uh, get this book Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for having us. It's been good to talk with you.
0: Right, you too. You all have a good day. Yeah. Thank you. This has been New Books in Christian Studies. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll come back and listen again soon.